Okay, hey brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's an honor and pleasure to be with you today as we fellowship under the precious name of Jesus Christ. Today, we are present with the Holy Spirit speaking to us to, to see the greater picture of how we are to walk in the heart of discernment. I really believe these topics that the Holy Spirit has chosen, <clears throat> I, I, I say this uh, word by word, that every topic that I've been preaching, uh, pretty much since the day I got saved, is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And when it's spoken by God, uh, we can grow. We can understand so much more. And something so important <clears throat> that every week we gather to hear direction from the Lord. Every week we gather to understand more and more of how to walk in the Spirit. We need each other. And we only have each other. And God wants to form his body so we can work together in one heart, one mind, one accord. <clears throat> the most important thing about um, the topics that I've been preaching about a hearing heart, I love the way that the Holy Spirit has been speaking, preparing you to be strengthened in every department, in every principle. It's like he's searching all the areas to sharpen us in every area. So many people in the beginning, they believe that the voice just comes for no reason. Or the voice just comes from nothing. But when you begin to read the word of God, you begin to understand that to hear his voice, it's a preparation. We all agree with that, yes? You know what's amazing? <clears throat> when I was reflecting on my studies, when Jesus descended to the Father, he said, tarry. Tarry, as in wait. While you're waiting, wait in faith, wait in obedience, wait seeking my face for the promise of my Father. That word tarry is not just the wait doing nothing. It's the wait while you're working on your character. Wait while you're praying. Wait while you're fasting. Wait while you're seeking the things of God. And you begin to see there is, there is, there is no such thing as to wait doing nothing for the Lord. And this shows you the endurance and the perseverance and the commitment that we need to have on a daily basis so we can be led by the Holy Spirit and hear his voice day to day. Something I share with you is um, that shocked the body. Shocked the body. The disciples, they relied on the voice. They relied on the Holy Spirit. They didn't rely on the word. They only went out when they had the Holy Spirit. And this is today something that Jesus wants to bring back in to the body. 
for us to be guided by the Holy Spirit. The disciples were so much in tune that they knew the difference between an angel's voice and the Holy Spirit. It just goes to show you how in tune and how dead to the flesh they were to be used for vessels for God. When you read the Acts of the Apostles, you see in, in the same paragraph that they heard the angel's voice and the Holy Spirit's voice. And you begin to see, you begin to see they were in the place of the kingdom. They were in the place going out in the field, winning souls, preaching the good news, being a light to the world. So you have to understand the voice without the kingdom, it's meaningless. They are together. The voice doesn't come when you're not in the kingdom. When you're in the kingdom, the voice comes. Why? Because you've understood what the Father wanted to give you. Two things God our Father wanted to give us in the New Testament. The kingdom of God and the Holy Spirit. But do you see how they're together? The voice without the kingdom, it's meaningless. Because what is God, what is God directing you to? Where is he leading you to? He doesn't speak into nothing. And I want you to understand this. The kingdom and the voice, they're together. And so many people, they want to hear the voice, but they're not kingdom-minded. They're in a place where they're waiting. When I sat in the presence of the Holy Spirit, many years ago, I asked the Holy Spirit, to, to give me certain things. And he said to me this very clearly, that when you're in the field, I will speak with you. When you're out seeking and saving the lost, I will begin to accompany you. I'll begin to guide you. And I can't tell you what happened when I took a step out of faith. I took a step out and there the voice met me. And to be honest, and, and I like to share this experience because with the voice there, and I share this with so many people about the key for the Holy Spirit to come. And I want you to understand this, that God is building, he's establishing us so we can be prepared for this great work. So the Holy Spirit took me a different direction. Um, this teaching will bless your heart. Um, it's amazing, actually. The Holy Spirit told me that I have to spend time in the scripture about heart of discernment. There's so many um, angles where the Holy Spirit led me to. And this one, this one, if you can, if you can get this foundation right, you will grow into every place that God has called you to be in your character, in your mindset, in your heart, in the works that you do for him, everything will flourish when you understand this principle. So let's have a, let's have a look at this. <clears throat> I was going to share some testimonies, but I'll, but I'll save it for next week. 
if we can all if we can all turn to Habakkuk from the Old Testament, Habakkuk chapter two, verse one to four. Yeah, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1 to 4, and I'm reading it from the New Living Translation, okay? So sometimes I pick, I pick different translations because they give, it, um, they give it that meaning. So I do go through each one of them, and it just, some of them simplify it, some of them give it a deeper meaning, and, but they are the same. So Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. I know someone was reading that last week. There's a mystery in Habakkuk. And it talks about that the just shall live by faith. And this is a treasure because there is, there is something here that God wants to establish in us. And I really believe the teaching that's coming, it's the wisdom of God. Is allowing us to mature and to outdo the devil in the way that we understand scripture. So as you see in this photo, or the other side, as you see in the photo, uh, the watchtower, they were on a gate of the city or, or, or a massive city. It was on the, on the gate or the corner of the building. And it, they used to watch out for um, the enemies. They used to watch out for the em enemies from the outside. Seeing any people that want to come and attack that village or the city. Also, it was a watchtower to watch inside. To, to watch what happens inside, of, inside the city. And that's symbolic of how we watch our hearts and how we watch out for intruders, enemy, uh, fleshly things, lustful things. It's amazing how God created um, the watchtower from the Old Testament. Not only does it watch, not, not only does it watch attacking, it also symbolic of watching inside of how they do business inside and how and, and what happens if everything is in order. So it's interesting that the watchtower was created for the outside, looking out for enemies coming, which is symbolic of the devil and his army, then coming with um, uh, lustful things, trying to entice us, and also from the inside of what's actually happening in your heart. What are you meditating? And the internal. Are, are we getting are we getting it? So this is powerful. So the Holy Spirit put me in this place now because if your watchtower is not established and your guard post, as it says in that scripture, you cannot walk by faith. It says that just in the same scripture. This is a Joshua walk by faith, but I'm going to read it for you. But I just want you to understand what the tower was used for against enemies 
and armies from the outside. So everything from the Old Testament, it's spiritual now for the New Testament. When you see armies in the Old Testament coming against um, Jerusalem or the nation of God, you understand that it's a demonic character or it's, it's a demonic attribute that's coming to pull down your heart, which is where God is. So everything from the Old Testament, it's spiritual in the New Testament. And one day I'd like to bless you and show you the different types of armies and what they symbolize in the New Testament. Remember now, God is spirit, Satan is spirit. We don't, we get attacked in the spiritual. First it's spiritual, then it manifests uh, physical. So let's read it. <clears throat> so Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1 to 4, it says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. The vision is for the future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it. Surely take place, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Look at the proud. They trust themselves. Their lives are crooked, but the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. So isn't that interesting here, how he begins? He begins with a watchtower and a guard post. Now, what does that mean for us? This is something that the Holy Spirit prompted me to study and search out. <clears throat> so let's have a look at it now. So not forming a watchtower will delay your vision. Will delay your vision in the work that God carried you to walk in before the foundation of the universe. So a watchtower, a watchtower and a guard post, they, they mean something spiritual. And not forming them or not understanding what they are can allow you not to be used by God and not to fulfill what God has planned for you. So let's read. Let's read. Let's go. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10 from the New King James Version. <clears throat> so remember what I said to you in that scripture there are two major principles here that fulfills your vision so that you can walk in the things that God's given you watchtower and a guard post so let's go to Proverbs chapter 18 verse 10 in the New King James Version it says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Okay. So now, now he's, he's showing us here that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. <clears throat> so let's have a look at the meaning of it. I'd like to take my time in this because there is so much for us to digest here. So the Hebrew word for strong is um, Strong's 5, 
797. That's from the Hebrew Esod. So the Hebrew, so I'm breaking down Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10, that the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous run to it and the safe. So now I'm defining the word strong. What does it mean to be strong? Okay. So the word, the Hebrew word for strong is ozi, ozi. Sounds like ozi, ozi, right? Ozi, ozi, or something like that. So <clears throat> the word defines as a strong force, a person who is bold, a person of power, strength and might, a person of security. To harden, meaning to be established on a solid foundation. So you begin to see here now, there is something that is established as a believer when you enter the word strong, okay? Lastly, this word gives it away. Lastly, the word prevail. Prevail means to be effective, leading to triumph, okay? So the word prevail defines as to be effective, okay? So meaning a tower is not something you just sit in and you've received it. It's something that you work towards. It's something that you learn. Remember how I told you before that all the principles in the New Testament, the grace of God has appeared. It teaches us to deny all ungodliness. The wisdom of God is a teaching. The grace of God is a teaching. Nothing is just a word without a meaning. It's always a teaching to mature you. A heart of discernment is a teaching. And there are so many hidden gems through the old to the new that teaches you how to become that person. Because picture this, imagine you're in a watchtower. A watchtower is a place where you do warfare. You do warfare with um, other armies that are coming to intrude and things that are trying to enter your heart. Imagine when you reach a place where you're so seated so much in heavenly places that the army cannot, the, the devil, he cannot reach you. His army cannot reach you. So the whole point of the heart of discernment is to bring you to a place where you cannot be touched by the enemy anymore. We understand? So you begin to see that a strong tower, it's symbolic of a person's mindset or a heart. You begin to see, it starts to draw you a bigger picture. So let me keep going. So the word prevail means to become effective, leading to triumph. So it gives you, guess what happens? When you become effective, God seats you on the highest place of a strong tower. Then you have the victory. Then the victory is yours. But you have to, while you're in the Lord now, you have to work on those things to become effective. Then the enemy natural, naturally will leave you. You cannot work in that area anymore. Why? Because you've become effective in the discernment of God. You've discerned good and evil. You've understood the principles of what, who God is and his attributes and his characteristics. The enemy has no place in you anymore. Because where there is God, there is truth. Where there is truth, there is light. The enemy cannot stay. 
is not allowed to stay. And you have to understand that there is principles to become effective. And there is something that establishes you in the beginning to build your tower on. Today, the Lord wants me to speak about this. The foundation that builds your tower. So imagine building a tower on sand or on soil. The tower will always be swaying. But the Holy Spirit showed me that this teaching that I'm teaching today is a teaching that will uh, that's going to establish you to begin to build the strong tower upon your life. Okay. <clears throat> so prevail, prevail defines as to gain ascendancy, meaning a position of dominant power of good over evil. So the whole point of a strong tower is you're in a high position where you can dominate in good over evil. Remember in Hebrews, the mature have discerned both good and evil. That's who the mature are. Unfortunately, the people who are not mature, inside their heart, outside their life, they're always prone for the enemy to attack them in the realm of the flesh, in the carnal, and to keep them in a place in the natural man. Remember what the Bible says, that the natural man can never understand the things of the spirit. They are spiritually discerned. So you begin to see the enemy, the flesh, they are kept in, uh, in this area if you do not walk in the heart of discernment and understand the principles of God. So prevail. Prevail defines as to gain ascendancy, meaning a position of dominant power of good over evil. That's from the Webster's Dictionary. So where I get my meanings from for every biblical word is Webster's Dictionary and the Thayer Greek Dictionary for all the people that are um, coming along on this teaching. <clears throat> I like to go back to the root meaning because it allows me to understand. I want to understand so I can grow. So ready now. The word tower. Now, this is amazing. The word tower in the Bible is migdal, migdalo. That's what the word in the Hebrew is. So I'll repeat it again. The word tower in the Hebrew is migdol or migdalo. That's from the Strong's 4026. So Hebrew, 4026. And the reference from the Esau, Proverbs 1810, that's where I'm bringing out this teaching. Okay. So the word tower defines in the English to grow, to increase, to nourish, to exceed, to advance, to pass, to magnify, meaning when you have entered the strong tower, God is glorified through your life. To be excellent. To make large the senses of the mind and the body. 
to promote. He also says a bed of flowers. It's interesting. That's that's one of the meanings. A bed of flowers. Now, what does he mean by that? A bed of flowers. I just want to teach you how Paul always quotes from the Old Testament. How he brings out the spiritual meaning. But I don't want to speak too much about it. But I just want to open your understanding in how always Paul goes back, especially to the books of wisdom from the Old Testament, and always speaks about those deep treasures, bringing it out so we can understand it more. So we'll go to Second Corinthians. <clears throat> this is not part of the teaching, but I just want to show you how Paul always goes back to um, the deeper treasures and the deeper meanings. Second Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 14 to 17 in the Amplified Version. So 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 to 17. But thanks be to God who always lead, leads us in triumph in Christ. So now you remember with that strong tower, what does it symbolize? Triumph. And through us spreads and makes evident everywhere the sweet fragrance of the knowledge of him. You begin to see now how he's uh, giving you an understanding that there is a fragrance. For we are the sweet fragrance of Christ, which ascends to God, discernibly both among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the latter one, an aroma from death to death, a fatal, offensive odor. But to the other, an aroma from life to life, a vital fragrance, living and fresh. And who is adequate and sufficient, sufficiently qualified for these things? For we are not like many, acting like merchants. Now you begin to see that tower. That tower also was a place where merchants come in and come out. They sell their product, they sell their fruits, their vegetables, their gold, their honey, etc. You begin to see now he's giving you an understanding. He's talking about your heart now. For we are not like many acting like merchants, peddling God's word, shortchanging and adultering God's message. But from pure, uncompromised motives, as commissioned and sent by God, we speak his message in Christ in the sight of God. Now, it's amazing because you begin to look at it. Paul's always giving you the spiritual meaning of what was physical. The Old Testament, it happened physically. In the New Testament, he's speaking about it spiritually, of what it actually means. Are we, are we getting it? Is everyone with me? Okay. So you begin to see what the meaning of a watchtower is. You begin to see that it is a place where you build through discernment and watchfulness and remain firm at your guard post. Let's go to Psalms uh, 61 verse 3 in the New King James Version. Psalm 61 verse 3. For you have been a shelter for me, 
a strong tower from the enemy. I'm just giving you his understanding now to allow you to understand why a watchtower or a strong tower was formed. It was for you to be a place away from the enemy. So many people ask me today, I can't tell you how many people I speak to every day. So many people, or the majority of them, they're always prone to warfare. They're always prone to be in an area where they're continuously attacked in the fleshly, in the, in the carnal man, um, in, the, in the sinful man, in, in the rebellious man. You begin to see, is it right for the enemy to be inside the area of my life? Don't get me wrong. I went through so much warfare, but that was a different type of warfare. But something that I, sh I share with you here, that so many people, they're continuously going through warfare, through their thought process, through their emotions, through their family, through so many areas where God's rest and peace and protection should be there. And today, God showed me that it's not right for the enemy to be in the place where God is meant to be. He is, God is your safe haven. He is the place of your restoration. He shouldn't be in that area. Okay. <clears throat> uh, I'll share this. I, I spoke to someone last week, and, and I'd like to share it with um, everyone here. Uh, he asked me, the person asked me, how, how do you spend your time with God? And, and I asked him a question. And I said, your free time, your free time, where do you spend your free time? And he said to me, um, I, I, I do this. These were things outside of God. I said, where do you spend your free time? And he said, I, I, I do this um, outside of God or I'm focusing on this area and, and whatnot. And I said to the person, your free time is the person you really are. Because God deserves everything. And it's something to think about. I don't know what it means to be free outside of God. I don't know what that means for me anymore. Because I found so much rest in him. So much strength in him. So much joy in him. So much hope in him. So much love in him. I don't know what it means to be outside of him anymore. And it's something to think about. I don't know what it means to be outside of him anymore. The more I begin to give him, the more I find that this area was only meant for God. Is there any area in your life that wasn't meant for God? I don't think so. The best place, the best place that I that I that I only find comfort and peace 
is inside of his will. Inside of his will. I train myself every day um, to be God-minded, to be kingdom-minded, to be Holy Spirit-minded. In that way, the flesh can never come and try to sway me to the natural man. You don't have to live defeated. You don't have to live in the natural man. You don't have to accept defeat or failure. It's not what God called you for. And I tell you the truth. And I said to the person, your free time is who you really are. It's interesting. I always remember where the Lord delivered me from. I'll never forget every day where he rescued me from. And I'll tell you what he'll do for one, he'll do for the other. But my heart will never let me forget where he took me from hell, from darkness. And every day I remember. But I share with you today that you can live in a place of a strong tower where your, your fragrance reaches heaven and God fellowships with you in this place. But today, so many people accept defeat, accept failure. They've made God a chore or an obligation or a time. And that's why so many people witness him very little. And it's true. So the person said to me, I needed to hear that. Because if God is not the free time where you run to him in every time, I don't know what it means to be in God then. And I didn't start like this, if this can encourage you. I started with baby steps, little by little. But the more I spent time with the Holy Spirit, he showed me that God is my everything. Even God created the sentence with his name in the beginning. I am. So there is nothing apart from God. You begin to see the areas why the enemy can crawl up your tower and rob you from your peace, rob you from your rest, rob you in your thinking, rob you in your emotions and your feelings. You begin to see that my tower is so low that the enemy can see me eye to eye, I can't fight him from the high place anymore. So God formed a strong tower to show you and to protect you so you can mature. Okay. <clears throat>
So let's go to Psalms. Let's go to Psalms 144, verse 2. New King James Version. So Psalms 144, verse 2. It says, My loving kindness and my fortress, my high tower, and my deliverer, my shield, and the one in whom I take refuge, who subdues my people under me. So it's interesting here how he showed you what a high tower is formed, what is what a high tower is formed of. A high tower is formed of loving kindness. First principle of forming a tower, a high tower, a strong tower. It's loving kindness. So I want to share with you how the Holy Spirit allowed me um, to put this teaching together. He showed me the first principle of a heart of discernment is to discern loving kindness of God in your life. And I'll explain it to you. <clears throat> so he showed me from the Psalms that I just read, from Psalms 144 verse 2. He showed me that there are principles of forming a strong tower. And the first principle is loving kindness. And I, and, I, and I would like to go into it in the Hebrew to allow you to understand that the first foundation of building a strong tower of God and you remaining in it is for you to understand God's loving kindness. Are we understanding now? Remember God is love. The first foundation that every believer needs to build is loving kindness. So let's go into the Hebrew. <clears throat> so the, the Hebrew word, um, the Hebrew word for loving kindness is translated from the Hebrew Strong's 2617. That's for loving kindness. And the word is shesed, shesed. The word is shesed. And the word means, the word means covenant loyalty. So when you speak of God's loving kindness, it's because of his loyalty, he's made a covenant that's irreversible. Meaning he cannot reverse it. Jesus paid the ultimate price with his blood. That promise, it's irreversed. It's from one party only. And believe me, the first principle from for forming a strong tower in your life is to understand God's covenant for your life. Believe me. It's interesting because if Satan knows all the characteristics and attributes of God, he'll, he'll probably think like this. If I can take love away from this person, if I can take God's love away from this person, if I can take God's mercy away from this person, if I can take God's favor away from this person, then they can't fight. 
why, how can you fight if love is not present in your life? So the word there, the word um, for loving kindness is covenant loyalty, meaning God made a covenant. God our Father made a covenant by sending his son. That's the first principle of having a heart of discernment. God wants you to discern his loving kindness, especially when you're in warfare, especially when you're going through challenges in your life. I really believe that so many people don't endure because they haven't understood God's covenant of loyalty through his loving kindness. So many people get discouraged. So many people fall into condemnation. So many people fall into unworthiness. And that's Satan's greatest attack. Take away God's love, make them feel that God doesn't love them anymore, that they're not accepted anymore. Yeah, who can fight in this place? Who can fight? Who can stand when love is not present? When God's mercy is not present? When God's favor is not present? No one can stand. So the first principle of forming a watchtower, a strong tower, is to understand God's loving kindness. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13 in the Amplified Version, verse 20 to 21. <laughs> so Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20 to 21. It says, Now may the God of peace, the source of serenity and spiritual well-being, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood that sealed and ratified the eternal covenant, equip you with every good thing to carry out his will and to strengthen you, making you complete and perfect as you ought to be. Accomplishing in us that which is pleasing in the sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So you begin to, you begin to see here what allows you to stand is God's covenant of his blood. God's covenant of his blood is what allows you to stand. That is his covenant of loyalty. That you are in right standing with God. This eliminates so much of the enemy, the flesh, and all the things that's preventing you from moving forward. You must understand God's covenant of loyalty. It shows you here, through the blood that sealed and ratified the eternal covenant, equip you. It's his covenant that equips you. His irreversible covenant. Even though you feel distant. Even though your mind is blurred. Even though you're emotionally and spiritually away from him. This is, I feel this is, this session is like a refreshment 
to understand who we are in Christ and why we are standing today. It's because of his precious covenant that was paid with his blood. That's the first foundation and first principle that we begin to build this tower on. So, so look at this here. <clears throat> it's amazing what the Hebrew word shesed means. So God's covenant loyalty, it's defined in the Hebrew, and this is what it actually means. So when you're, what forms the watchtower? As you can see on this side, what forms the watchtower? So you can stand so tall in the Lord, away from the enemy, away from the world away from its desires and its appetite and its sin. Look what, what, look what look at the principles that forms this tower so you can be complete and strong. I'll read out every word because it's very powerful. So the word shasad means mercy, favor, faithfulness, unfading love, kindness, and beauty of the Lord. Isn't that amazing? That what forms you to become a strong tower is to understand God himself. The more you understand him, the more you know what he done for you. And that in itself allows you to rest. That in itself allows you to receive his love. That in itself allows you to receive his favor. That in itself allows you to gaze on his kindness and his beauty. When you understand what he done for you, that's how you become a strong tower. And that's how his name becomes imprinted in you. The word covenant loyalty means God's mercy, God's favor, God's faithfulness, God's unfailing love, God's kindness, God's beauty. And it's amazing that when you know these things, naturally, you will surrender your life to the Lord. Naturally, you will know that he deserves your whole life. Are we beginning to understand now? How can you surrender your life if you haven't tasted and seen that the Lord is good? That's how you surrender your life. When you know that you're forgiven and your sins are thrown in the sea of forgetfulness, never to be brought up ever again, that's how you have intimacy with God our Father through His Son. And it most counts when you are in this place. It most counts when you feel like you deserve nothing. This is where God's grace picks you up. And believe me, many may not be in a place where they need it, but there'll come a time where you will need it. And I can assure you that. So the first principle of a watchtower is God's covenant. Then it's acceptable to receive his discipline. 
then it's acceptable to receive the things that he needs to take away from your life because you know God is doing it for your good. You won't fight for it anymore. So what keeps the enemy, this is a little treasure for you, what keeps the enemy away from your life when you've understood God's mercy, when you understood God's favor, when you understood God's faithfulness, when you've understood God's unfailing love, when you've understood God's kindness and beauty, that keeps the enemy away from your life. It's true. Because when you know how good he is, you wouldn't want to serve anything else or live for anything else. It's true. So isn't it interesting that God allowed this teaching to come where it's described as a watchtower, a strong tower. Isn't that interesting? what the enemy fights against. The enemy comes to take away God's mercy from your life, God's favor from your life, God's faithfulness from your life, God's unfailing love from your life, God's kindness from your life, God's beauty. He takes this from your life, then you become bitter, resentful, frustrated, angry, forceful, rebellion, lack of commitment, you begin to see the enemy attacks uh, six of these characters. And as long as they can attack these in your life, yeah, you cannot taste that God is good. You cannot know how much he loves you and cares for you. So the enemy stains your mind in this area to make you think that God is distant. And whenever a person feels that God is distant, there is a door of rejection, there is a door of negligence. There's a door of betrayal, failure, defeat, brokenness. And you begin to see a watchtower was designed where the enemy comes to climb up that place and destroy those people. And you can begin to see that the enemy crawls up that watchtower to come and take away God's character from your heart. You begin to see now where the enemy has come in that strong place to make you think differently towards God. Especially when you fail, especially when you're not walking in the way that God wants you to walk. That's when you know what you're actually thinking. And I'm not saying for a person to live in disobedience or rebellion. But I'm showing you what the enemy comes to take from your heart. Those six character and attributes of God. But guess what happens when you know what each one means? The enemy can't take that from you. Because every day, if you're coming to God's throne of grace to receive mercy and help in time of need, the enemy can't uh, blur your mind or condition your mind to think anything else of God. You, you begin to see 
But if you're not in the presence and if you're not in the word and if you're not in a place of worship, then unfortunately that tower becomes a tower for the enemy. Fear, anxiety, depression, rejection, failure, defeat, brokenness, emotionally broken, unstable. Then you begin to see that that watchtower, a heart of discernment, is to watch what's happening inside Maha and watch what the enemy is trying to do from the outside. It's two phases, two phases. You begin to see, what have I believed about God? And believe me, the greatest way you can know what you believe about God is when you failed, when you've fallen short when you're confused, when nothing's happening for you, that's when you know what you have been entertaining. I feel like the Holy Spirit is taking me back to like a basic teaching, refreshing us again. And it's always, to, it's always good to be reminded of these things, even for myself. But the enemy, he, he, the, the greatest thing for the enemy is to come and to destroy those people in the watchtower. Yeah. Because if he can get to that place, then the city is his. You see, if he can get to your mind, your whole vessel, it's his. Are we getting it? If he can control your thoughts, then he has your heart, then unfortunately he has your body. You become weak, frail, fragile, lack of strength, no vision, confused, fearful. And then it's a recipe for disaster, unfortunately. But I'm teaching you what the enemy comes against. If he can take God's attributes and character from your heart of who God really is in Christ Jesus, then unfortunately you can entertain wrong things about God. Okay. So when we enter warfare from a strong tower, we must discern God's covenant of loyalty through mercy. We must understand and discern mercy every day in our spiritual life. You know the first encounter you have with God's kingdom? It's mercy. You know that? You know what mercy is? You know what mercy is? God's covenant that he will never he will never reject you God's covenant or God's loyal God's covenant of loyalty through mercy means it's a covenant that every time you come to this place whether it's a hundred times a day a thousand times for the year he will never reject you from that place but he'll wash you and he will cleanse you a covenant is something that's irreversible. And if you can understand this principle, how can you not come to that place every day to get washed by God? 
this is the area why so many believers fail. They harden their heart, they feel defeated, they feel rejected, and they stop coming to God's presence through mercy to get washed. They don't confess, confess what's happening in the secret, in the dark. Then Satan holds them captive in the darkness. Satan holds them captive in darkness because whatever you bring out into the light, Satan has no more authority to work in that place. So Satan knows this. So he will make you feel that, God, I've been coming every time. I'm a hypocrite. Nothing has changed in me. God sees it a different way, that the more you come to me for mercy, the more I'll wash you and restore you and complete you so you can be transformed. God sees it differently. But do you see things the way that Satan wants you to see it? I'm continuously falling in this place. I'm a hypocrite. I'm not a true person of God. I'm not loyal to him. Believe me, if there's something that made me the person I am today is the mercy of God. I know how much he loves me. I can come to him in every way, even if I stumbled a thousand times in the day, I can come to get washed. Though I don't do this, I'm just giving you an understanding. So God's covenant of mercy or God's covenant, loyalty covenant, first, it's mercy. And so many believers, they get stuck in a place while they're getting sanctified while they're getting washed, while they're getting disciplined, they stop coming to God's presence to confess what's happening in their heart, to confess their failures, to confess their wrongdoing, to confess their lack of commitment. Then they get stuck. So forming a strong tower where the enemy cannot reach you anymore, mercy. There is no boasting in mercy. It's Lord, have mercy on me. And God loves this because then he knows you need his son, Jesus Christ. Then he knows you're relying on his blood that makes you clean. Understand today that the covenant, God's covenant of loyalty and mercy is a place that was designed to wash you every day and to cleanse you. And believe me, there were so many things I told the Lord in the beginning of my journey. I'm not true to you, Lord, but I want to be true. I'm lacking commitment towards you, Lord. Make my commitment true. I want to love you in the way that I want to love you. Help me. The Bible says in his throne of grace, you find help and mercy in time of need. Not only mercy, he gives you help. Who doesn't need help in their weaknesses now and their struggles? Someone will say, I need it probably 10 or 20 times a day. Then how can you leave the presence? How can you leave that place anymore? Can you understand that your free time is only in God? <laughs>
So the so forming up the strong tower, a high tower that is situated in heavenly places where you fight your battles from the place of victory down towards the flesh is the first principle is mercy. Especially for the beginner. For the beginner, for a babe or a newborn babe, if they don't understand the principle of mercy, they cannot mature. Because mercy forms you into a child. Believe me, it's true. In the beginning, we are all over the place. We're getting disciplined, we're getting purged, we're getting refined. And believe me, you're not going to receive any direction in this place. I think most of all, you're going to be receiving mercy. Okay. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. That's regarding mercy. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, verse 14 to 16, from the Amplified Version. It says, In as much then as we believers have a great high priest who has already ascended and passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession of faith and cling tenuously to our absolute trust in him as Savior. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize and understand our weakness and temptation, but one who has been tempted, knowing exactly how it feels to be human in every respect as we are, yet without committing any sin. Therefore, let us with privilege, with privilege, approach the throne of grace that is the throne of God's gracious favor with confidence and without fear so that we may receive mercy for our failures and find his amazing grace to help in time of need and appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. Amen. So you begin to see what actually washes you and cleanses you, helps you, and allows you to grow, is the covenant of his mercy. Believe me, the more you go into the place of his mercy, the more you change as a person. Because mercy, mercy is the highest degree of love. Imagine coming to God. You know the, the person who was the, the lost son, the parable of the lost son? You, remember, you all know the parable of the lost son. He was thinking in his mind, if I can just come into my father's house and I'll be a servant or a slave, I'll, I'll eat, the, I'll just, I'll, I'll do anything he wants. He was thinking about all those things, about what he's going to say to his father. Did his father say anything? He ran to him and he hugged him and he loved him. The father didn't say anything to him. That's what it is when we come to God. He wraps the garment of Christ over us, the robe of righteousness, and he hugs us and he accepts us. But the, 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 the parable of the lost son, on the way back to his father, he's thinking, what am I going to say to my father? I betrayed him. I failed him. I've done many wrong things to him. 
And he's thinking about how low he wants to be in God's house when he gets back to his dad. And the father ran and wrapped his arms around him. Didn't say anything else, but loved him. And it's, it's, it's a picture of how we are to be when we come to him. Come with the right attitude and the mindset and the heart to receive his mercy. You must understand that you are receiving his mercy. You must understand that you are forgiven from this. You must understand that you are healed because of his mercy. The doorway for the Holy Spirit to work, as, as I've seen so many healings and miracles in God's kingdom, the doorway is mercy. The doorway is mercy. What prompts and attracts the Holy Spirit when we understand the God of mercy that was sacrificed at the cross. That's the pathway of when I pray, of what I picture my eyes when I'm looking for healing or when I'm praying for healing. It's mercy. Okay. When we enter warfare from our strong tower, we must discern God's covenant of loyalty through favor or grace. Let's go to Romans chapter 5, verse 6 to 11 in the Amplified Version. And this is a reminder to all of us here of how we are to discern the Lord. Our victory is in the Lord, right? Our victory is in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's deeper than that. Our victory is in his mercy. Our victory is in his grace. Our victory is in his favor. Our victory is in his unfailing love. That's how God wants you to understand him. His name, there is so, there's so much depth to his name. So let's read it. It's from Romans chapter 5, verse 6 to 11. It says, while we were still helpless, powerful to provide for our salvation, at the right time, Christ died as a substitute for the ungodly. Now it is an extraordinary thing for one to willingly give his, his life, even for an upright man, though perhaps for a good man. One, he is noble and selfless and worthy. Someone might even dare to die. But God clearly shows and proves his love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Therefore, since we, have, since we have now been justified, declared free of the guilt of sin by his blood, how much more certain is it that we will be saved from the wrath of God through him? For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, in much more certain, having been reconciled, that we will be saved from the consequences of sin by his life. That is, we will be saved because of Christ lives today. Not only that, but we also rejoice in God, rejoicing in his love and perfection through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received and enjoy our reconciliation with God. 
Now, this is, this is interesting because it begins to show you how your watchtower is formed. You must understand and you must discern God's covenant of loyalty through mercy, favor, and grace. And I'll keep going. <clears throat> when we enter warfare from our strong tower, we must discern God's covenant loyalty of faithfulness. In the New King James Version, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, but the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, if we are faithless, this is in the Amplified, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, true to his word and his righteous character, for he cannot deny himself. So 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, that's what I just read. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, true to his word and his righteous character, for he cannot deny himself. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, in the Amplified Version, God is faithful, he is reliable, trustworthy, and ever true to his promise. He can be depended on, and through him you were called into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So you begin to see here, I don't want to go too much into it, but you begin to see here, when you're forming a watchtower, especially against the enemy, it's so important that you understand God's mercy, God's favor, God's faithfulness, God's unfailing love, kindness, and beauty. The enemy, the enemy is so crafty and cunning he comes after these attributes and characters. Because if he can take these away from you, how can you stand without God's mercy and favor, etc.? You begin to see? Do you begin to see now how so many people are defeated? How so many people are failing? How so many people cannot commit? People cannot understand? And people are struggling in their journey? Is because Satan comes after the high tower of their thoughts. When he has their thoughts, unfortunately, he comes in every, every area of their life and causes havoc and causes so many people to be defeated, failing, and no one can taste the Lord in this area. So today, I hope you were blessed by what I got from this tower, that not only it watches outside, it watches inside to what's actually happening in the heart. It shows you what the enemy, how the enemy attacks. He attacks with things of the lust of the world, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, and he attacks you inside your heart. And you begin to see, okay, I understand now. Now I'm going to begin to understand what is happening inside of me. And have I let go of God's mercy? Have I let go of God's favor? Have I let go of God's faithfulness? Have I let go of God's unfailing love? Have I not understood God's kindness for my life? The moment the enemy takes your eyes off this area, you begin to give in to the lies. He begins, unfortunately, slowly and slowly to dismantle your life, emotionally, mentally, and physically. 
So you begin to see now how important you are to discern mercy, you are to discern favor, faithfulness, unfading love, kindness, and beauty. You begin to see, especially when you're in the battle, you are to discern these principles. Because I really believe that these principles will never allow you to fall away. Because if you're coming continuous to him to wash you and to cleanse you and to give you help in time of need, which we need every day, how can you be defeated? How can you fall short? How can you keep anything hidden inside your heart? Pride. Pride allows you to conceal the pride of the, especially in the churches today. I'm scared what he's going to think about me. I don't want to speak about it because everyone knows me to be a person who's walking firmly in God. Pride. The devil is destroying people with pride. And believe me, whatever you are going through, I'll never look down at you. I'll be always here to help you, to care for you and to love you in the Lord. But you begin to see why the scripture says, confess your sins to one another so you may be healed. Pride is the trap of the enemy, concealing your sin. And the Bible says you conceal your sin, you'll suffer. But if you confess it, you'll be healed. So you begin to see there are so many areas of the watchtower and how to stand at your guard post. So you see the scripture in Habakkuk. You see the scripture in Habakkuk. When it says here, I just want to take you through just to close off. You see Habakkuk here. I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. I really believe that every guard post are those six principles that I spoke about today. The six principles that allows you to stand steadfast in those principles so that when the enemy does come, or when things are happening in your life, you can always go back to reflect and get your strength from the Lord. So bless you all. And I, I really believe that I spoke to so many people's hearts regarding um, them being restored and them understanding what they've been entertaining in their hearts, inside the city of their heart and inside and, and outside what's happening. So bless you all, and thank you for listening. But I really believe that this, this topic in itself it speaks layer upon layer and allows us to understand the Lord more and more better so we can grow. So God bless you all, and I would like to pray for each one of you here. If you're a person, if you're a person, unfortunately, where your watchtower has been destroyed, and you feel like you're on level ground with the enemy, and you feel like you're defeated mentally, emotionally, and physically, I'd like to pray for each one of you today so that God can restore you. So if every person can close their eyes, victory is now. You begin now in the Lord. Whatever watchtower has been destroyed in the past, God can restore it. The Bible says before judgment comes mercy, and he is the God of mercy. So today I tell you as a brother in the Lord, don't hide anything inside your heart. 
begin to confess it and receive mercy and help in time of need. I tell you, I'm standing here today because of God's mercy. I know his love. I know his love. And it's his love that allows you to be free. But most of all, his mercy allows you to grow. The first encounter I have with God's covenant is mercy. So let's open your hands. We thank you, Father. We worship you, Father. You're the God of mercy, slow to anger and abounding in love. Father, God our Father, we worship you. And we thank you that Jesus said, no one can come to me unless the Father draws them to me. I thank you, Father, for drawing your son to us and giving us a covenant of loyalty that allows us to always come to you and always run to the tower of refuge to be protected from the enemy, to be protected from the flesh, and to be protected from ourselves. Lord Jesus, we come into the tower of your son, Jesus Christ. We come, Father, to worship you and thank you for everything you've done for us, both seen and unseen. Thank you, Father, that you transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your son that you love. Today I declare over myself and every person here, greater is the one who is in us than the one who is in the world. Father, in Jesus' name, I command Satan to leave every one of their lives. Satan, I speak to you in the name of Jesus Christ. You have no authority over their lives. I command you to leave their minds, their soul, their spirit, and their flesh. Every place where you have set camp in their lives, in their children's lives, in their jobs, Satan, I command you to leave the area of their jobs in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Father, in Jesus' name, every person that has lost their job, I pray, Lord, that you restore it back to them in Jesus' name. What's impossible with man, it's possible with you. And I stand today in your promises, for they are yes and amen unto the glory of Christ. Every person that is hurting online because of their job and because of their financial status, I declare that you alone are our provider. And I pray, Lord, that you open a door for them in Jesus' name. I break every instrumental agent that Satan would use to destroy their future, destroy their finances, destroy their hope. In Jesus' name, 
we break every doorway of the devil and every chain that you have connected to each family that is watching today. Thank you, Father. You promised us, Lord, that when two or more agree on something on earth, it's done in heaven. Thank you, Father. I pray from today, Lord, we break every mindset of poverty, every mindset of where they're thinking about the enemy rather than God, we break it in Jesus' name. And I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that they are free today, wholeheartedly, mentally, spiritually, physically, every place I declare your shesed covenant of loyalty, of mercy, love, and faith, faithfulness, unfailing love, and I declare that every person is free today. I break every spirit of sorcery and witchcraft. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I pray for refreshment upon the body. I pray from today that they are free. We are dictated in the physical. We are dictated in the spiritual. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And we trust you, Jesus. We lift our prayers to you, Lord. Thank you. I see people today that their jobs are coming back. Your jobs are coming back. The enemy roared only for a while. But now he's bound. Thank you, Jesus. We don't belong to those who shrink back, but to those who move forward. Hallelujah. Don't worry about your jobs. There are many people here worrying about their jobs. Don't worry about your jobs. Jesus alone is your provider. And don't think that I need to take the vaccine to keep my job. God is protecting you. God is your provider. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. I declare every instrument of stress, every instrument of fear, every instrument of worry, we break it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I declare, Lord, that the one who comes to you shall lack no good thing. And I declare from today, not only spiritually, but physically, Lord, they are sustained by you alone, God our Father. In Jesus' name, amen. God is good. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. His hand is upon you. If I can share something with you, don't hold back. Walk with him every day. 
he will do what man cannot do. It's true. There's nothing else to say to you. But in that place of his presence, you're safe. In that strong tower, you're safe. But I saw people's jobs coming back. Everything's going to pass over. It's because of the Lord it's passing over. Hallelujah. He will do it in a way. Don't plan how he's going to do it. Just walk with him. The way that the Lord does it, his ways are higher than our ways. He does it in a way that it's him alone. But I feel so many people stressing and worrying and fearing about their livelihood. The birds of the air, they fly from tree to tree. Your father feeds them. You're worth more valuable than the sparrows of the air. We love you, Father. We love you, God, our Father. Hallelujah. Bless you all. And you must understand we have the victory. Satan's greatest attack is to make you look in the natural. We don't look in the natural. Satan makes you look at your physical job. He makes you look at everything that's visible. Right? We look in the spirit. But imagine you're not spending time in the spirit. The only thing that you're going to look through is the natural. Uh, it's the truth. What are you looking for? The only thing, if you're not spending time in God's presence, the only thing you're going to look at is by the natural. And by the natural, it's disaster. But in the spiritual, it's a victory. So be strengthened today. God's hand is on us. And we are here for each other. People who don't have food and people who are struggling reach out to us. We have each other. And we mean it. We're here for each other. Because in heaven, we only have each other with the Lord Jesus. Believe me, nothing belongs to us. God wants a free spirit. So bless you all. I really believe that this message about forming the strong tower, say that it attacks God's character inside of your heart, makes you look differently and think differently towards God. Be careful. Because the tower is not only to watch out for enemies from the outside, but to watch what happens in your heart. It's powerful. Amen. Love you all in the Lord Jesus. And please, if I haven't answered anyone's phone call, please, um, or messages, please, um, don't take offense. Um, yeah, a lot on my plate, by God's grace. But yeah, so not a good idea to text message me. <laughs> Uh, so bless you all um, 
if, if anyone has any questions um, regarding the strong tower, um, I'll, I'll be happy to answer a couple of questions. Um, if anyone needs any prayer, um, I will pray. Just text message to the group or me privately if it's something you don't want anyone to know. Um, I'm here to help. Amen. So we don't know what's happening with church now. Um, we're going to play it by ear. We're at 75% double vax. They said when it gets to 80%, um, they will look to see if they're going to open the council halls again. The council itself is unsure. They, they made a mandatory rule that at the moment you have to be double vaxxed to enter council halls. And they haven't made a rule of when it reaches 80% if the unvaxxed are allowed back in. If that's the case, we're going to look for another place. But let's be in agreement that we can go back to that place. It was a good place. And whatever God's will is, we'll just go with it. But we're going to come back together. We have to.